Did you know that every time you listen to an ad on this podcast, you help cover the cost of producing Find Your Food Voice? Thank you to our sponsor, Equilibria Daily Women's Microbiome Defense. Because of them, my team and I can continue our independent podcast. Equilibria is a women-owned wellness brand with unique science-backed products that help bring your mind and back my mind and body back into harmony. EQ's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense is a three-in-one capsule that supports your digestive health and promotes gut barrier protection. It also promotes optimal vaginal pH. These probiotics were chosen because they are studied for women's health. And I love that you can subscribe. So if you find that Equilibria's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense helps you, you can subscribe so you don't have to think twice about running out and also save 25% off. I just started taking the Equilibria Daily Women's Microbiome Defense after a trip overseas that made my GI tract kind of funky. I am hoping that it helps make things just a little bit easier, easing back in. And also as a woman, as a woman in midlife, I'm always looking for ways to help with vaginal pH. If you are not in midlife yet, just be aware. It's a thing that is around the corner for you. So head to myeq.com and use code FOODVOICE for 15% off Equilibria's microbiome defense and much more. That's myeq.com and use code FOODVOICE at checkout for 15% off site-wide today. All right, let's get back to the show. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to the food police and hello to peace. Welcome to the Love Food Podcast, hosted by dietitian and food behavior expert, Julie Duffy Dillon. This authentically engineered series is in the form of a love letter, welcoming you to reconnect with food. Now pour a cup of coffee or a margarita and let's begin. Hi, and welcome to episode 75 of the Love Food Podcast. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, registered dietitian and partner on your food peace journey. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for connecting today. And are you someone who has a history of binge eating and you're raising a family? I certainly can appreciate how complicated this is when you're trying to heal your relationship with food or you're trying to fix it or make it work and you're trying to not pass on that stuff to your family, to your children. I know this can get really hard and complicated, stressful, and emotional. And I have a letter from someone who is struggling in this part right here. She really wants to provide for her family, and she also wants to protect them from body hate, but maybe also wants their bodies to look different in hopes that will keep them from experiencing body hate. And sometimes when things are on the surface, it looks 
totally different when you dig deeper. And that's what we're going to do today. I have a very special guest. Her name is Lindsay Senovic. She's a dietitian that I've known for a long time. And she has also been a friend of the podcast since the very beginning. She was the very first person I interviewed. And when I read this letter from this mother who feels like a fraud, I thought of Lindsay and I just had to have her back on. So I'm excited for you to hear from her again. And I'm excited for you to add some more tools to your food peace toolbox. Before we get to this episode's letter, a word from our sponsor. This episode is sponsored by my very special PCOS summer series. I have been working on this series for a very long time and kind of keeping it secret but now I'm ready just to like let it burst and for everyone to hear about it. It is going to be a series for those of you affected by PCOS or if you have someone in your family with PCOS and so you want to learn more about it. But it's a series to help you understand it, improve your relationship with food, and advocate for better care. I met someone really cool and special a few months ago. Her name's Kimberly Singh, and she is someone who is studying to become a dietitian and really into the similar approach that I use, this non-diet approach. And she's affected by PCOS. Kimberly is going to be blogging all summer about different topics with PCOS and really sifting through the research and allowing us to have access to information because there is more ways to treat PCOS than just trying to lose weight. And so that's our goal is we want to help you heal your relationship with food, help you feel more at home in your own skin and find ways to advocate for better care. If you want to have access to this series, go to my website, juliedillonrd.com slash PCOS series. When you go on that link, you will also have a way to join our very special PCOS and food peace support group on Facebook. And you know, the cool thing about it is I haven't done any Facebook groups associated with this podcast. And so I'm so excited to actually get to chat with you live and in person in this Facebook group. So If you want to check out the series, if you want to join the PCOS uh, Food Peace Support Group, then go to juliedillonrd.com slash PCOS series. All right, enough of that. Let's get to this episode's letter. Dear Food, where do I start? All my life, I have been overweight. Since I can remember... I have had issues with binge eating. As almost all overweight children, I was made fun of, not necessarily by classmates, but rather extended family. I was raised by a single mother who showed us love by feeding us copious amounts of food. Unfortunately, my mother had to work long hours and the choices of food were not the greatest. My uncles looked down on my mom for being another statistic, young, single, Latina mother with three unwanted children. They would make her feel bad by making fun of her children. My poor brother was made fun of for being very tall and very thin. I, on the other hand, was short and fat and a girl. This was a big no-no for them. In their eyes, I should have been the beautiful Latin girl, but I was dark and round. They called me Miss Piggy and other derogatory names. One remark in particular was said to make me feel lower It translates to ugly, indigenous girl. I would try to laugh it off, but I was deeply hurt. Having these men, the closest things to paternal figures, make fun of me. Let's just say I have deep scars and food issues because of it. 
Also, at a young age, I was molested by my aunt's husband and hid it from my mother until my 30s. After I was molested, my weight ballooned. I did not want any man to find my childish body sexy or appealing. I clearly remember hiding bags of chips when I was in the bathroom to scarf down. I would go through a box of Twinkies in a day. After high school, I lost some weight and started to feel confident in myself. This is the time I met my wonderful husband, the first man I let in, the first man that made me feel like a valued human being. I have been happily married for 10 years with two beautiful little girls, but my food struggles continue. Actually, they have gotten worse. I make sure my family eats well-balanced, healthy meals. I, on the other hand, sneak my food. I really try to hide my bad habits from my kids. I really do not want them to pick up these habits from me. I make sure they stay active and eat healthy snacks. I have a fear my kids will be overweight like myself, and I know it shouldn't matter. I should love my kids no matter what, but I do not want them to suffer and be humiliated like I have been. I know how unhealthy I am. I am at my heaviest weight, but I cannot stop myself. I meal prep food, but once I am at work, that annoying small voice in my head convinces me I am craving a burger, fries, and a soda, and I give in. I've done this countless times and just toss out what I have prepped that week. This happens almost three times a week. I eat in my car because I'm so embarrassed of my habits. I really do not know what to do with myself. I feel like I have no self-control. Please help me. I want to lead by example. I feel like a fraud. I put a front of trying to be healthy when in reality, I do the total opposite. My goal is not to be thin. I know my body isn't meant to be super thin and I'm fine with that, but I want to be healthy. I want to feel comfortable in my body. My husband has never made me feel fat or ashamed for being overweight. He truly loves me for me and not for what I look like. But even with his love and support, I am starting to shy away from him because how gross and disgusted I am with myself that I have let myself go. I'm at a loss. I know the basics on how to be healthy, but I self-sabotage myself every single time. I have a wonderful home life. I'm deeply in love with my husband and my children, but I'm so unhappy with myself. I am terrified that my unhappiness with myself will affect my family, but mostly that I am scared that I will kill myself with the enemy and lover of junk food. Please help. Thank you for your time. Sincerely, Fraudulent Mommy. Hello there, fellow mother. Thank you so much for your letter. And, you know, as I glean through your your letter, I, I noticed so many different things that are important and some really tough combinations that you've experienced. You got some really um, complicated mixed messages about food. And you also were told by people that were really close to you and that you depended on that your body wasn't acceptable and it was okay to cross that boundary and make fun of it and also cross that boundary and violate it. And as you're moving forward, I know as a mother that it can bring up so much intense um, connections with the past and wanting to do better for our children. I can certainly relate to that part of your letter. And as you are moving forward and wanting to do the next best thing, 
I was hearing a lot of love and compassion and just wanting the best things for your family and also a lot of perfectionism for you. I'm going to call friend of the Love Food Podcast. Her name is Lindsay Senovic. She was one of the first, actually, she was the first person that helped me answer a letter on this podcast back in episode, gosh, I think it was three. Um, And it was mom running on empty. Well, I'm going to give her a call. She is also a podcaster. She has the podcast called Nurtured Mama Podcast. And she is someone that really appreciates the different types of um, complex interactions that you're describing. And I think she's going to have some really important insight for you, letter writer, and anyone listening who can relate to this. So let's give her a call. Hello. Hey, Lindsay. It's Julie Duffy Dillon. How are you? Hey, Julie. I'm good. How are you? I'm great. It's so great to talk to you. And thank you for joining us again and um, helping me out with this letter. I really appreciate it. Oh, I am so honored to be invited back and to be on the podcast again. Yes. Well, I love all the things you're doing that's focusing on moms taking care of themselves. So when I read this letter, I thought of you and I have a feeling you're going to have some insight and I'm hoping you had a chance to to read through it. Did you get a chance yet? I did. Awesome. Yep. Awesome. So when you, you read it, what was your general impression about what she's experiencing? Because she's experiencing a lot. <laughs> she is experiencing a lot. I think that was one of my first thoughts when I read through the letter was just, oh, you have been through so much. And, um, you know, I just wanted to give her like a virtual hug, you know, mm-hmm. that she has endured a lot um, and continues to endure a lot. There was a lot that stood out to me. And, you know, I think at the end, what really jumped at me was the way she signed off on the letter, which was fraudulent mama. Because as I read through her letter, that's not what I would have expected her to sign off as. Like, oh, how does this make you a fraudulent mom? Um so for me, like I said, there's a lot of things that popped out at me. And then when I got to the end, I was like, oh, that's mm-hmm. not, that's definitely what it, not what I would have expected. So I'd love to kind of dive into that and also um, really start off with just, you know, acknowledging that she's been through a lot that, you know, from a very young age, she's been told her body's not okay in many ways. And she has endured emotional and physical abuse from people that, were in her family unit that she trusted that she should have been able to trust. Um, and you know, to hopefully encourage her to get support for herself, to nurture herself in that way of, you know, processing that with someone, uh, you know, a therapist to be able to talk through that and really kind of understand, um, the impact that that has had on her life, Mm -hmm. um, the way that she feels about herself, uh, the way that she, uh, is, you know, using food understandably to partially to cope, um, through some of that, Yeah. And I think I agree with you about the fraudulent part of it. I was really, um, I don't know. I, I, I wasn't considering her to be a fraud, you know, because there's, she was being so honest and, um, really outlining this super complicated relationship. And I don't know, to me, it's all, as complicated as it was, 
there are many parts of her experience that seem pretty common to me, you know, that I'm like, wow, then we're all a fraud. <laughs> you know, if we're, if we're just trying, like, she sounds like she's trying the best she can. And she was dealt some cards that were really, really crappy, you know, and um, she's trying to make life better for her children. And I'm like, well, if that's a fraud, then I mean, to me, that sounds like a really good mother, you know, someone who's doing a really great job of attending to her child's needs and, and I also identifying where she struggles, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's doing the best she can with the information that she has and, you know, having a personal experience with food that has been complicated, it's really hard to then kind of transition into feeding very understandably there, there's often an impact there and that's really common. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what about like for you, um, working with other mothers, um, who've maybe had something similar where they were brought up to think that their body was unacceptable. And then now they're raising children that may be the same size as them. You know, have you seen other people kind of react in the same way that she's reacting to it? Absolutely. I think almost every time I have a mother-daughter pair in my office, at one point or another, you know, the the session, you know, ends up tearful. And usually, you know, I'll have like, I'll meet with child for a little while, I'll meet with mom for a little while. And mom will eventually express, you know, my concern over my daughter's eating or her weight or whatever it is. Ultimately, it's often, not always, but often coming down to, you don't understand, I went through X, Y, and Z, I felt this way about my body, you know, I, the last thing I want is for my daughter to go through that, which it's, you know, completely understandable. I think as the parents, when you never, you never want to see your child in any sort of pain or being teased or, you know, any of those things. Um, and especially I think when we know the pain, it's, you know, that much more, um, just hard to, to experience as a parent, because you know, that pain and the, you know, your worst fears for your child to feel that same pain mm-hmm. that you went through, you know? Yeah. And so yeah. to acknowledge that, that of course you don't want your daughter to experience that. And at the same time, um, even though it's normal to kind of, uh, go through that and go, well, the answer to this question or this, the answer to this um, concern is to help my daughter change her weight or to feed in a really quote perfect way. Like I'm going to make sure that they move X amount, you know, every day and they, you know, eat in a, in a really particular way. That's a really common reaction. And oftentimes it can, can end up backfiring. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Again, and, very understandable, was, but yeah. And I know. feel like even going down that path of wanting to make sure that they eat a certain way, move a certain way. It's almost like in a sense, repeating the same (laughs) kind of further down the generations. And, you know, the one thing I get this letter writer didn't really experience, at least she didn't write about it was feeling um, acceptable. And like, she felt like, well, not, not that she felt she, she had boundaries crossed, you know, like there was things that happened to her that totally violated her. And she was told that her body wasn't acceptable. And, you know, I think, um, as she's raising these children and it sounds like she accepts them no matter what. And that may be to me, I'm like, that may be the missing kind of 
key here is like communicating that acceptance can help them not to experience the same kind of body hate or humiliation that she experienced. Um, and that's a way she can also like protect them of, you know, to, to be body positive moving forward, no matter what life presents at them to like feel safe at home. You know, it's good to feel safe at home. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. That the, her children live it from, you know, the information that we get in this letter, it sounds like her, her children live in a, you know, supportive and loving environment, um, which is different than the way she was raised in an unsafe environment, um, you know, because of the men in her life. Unfortunately, you know, that that was a very different upbringing and that she's giving her children a much more, you know, safe and secure environment and doing the best she can to, you know, feed and parent well, which is what we're all doing. You know, we're all just doing the best that we can. Um, Mm -hmm. That's so true. We all are doing the best we can. Um, Well, so thinking about all the things she brought up, you know, she brought up some things where she felt like she was experiencing self-sabotage, like she can't really fathom even what it means to to eat in a healthy way. Um, you know, she sounds like she feels really connected. Are there some first steps that you'd recommend for her to to move forward? And and I, I when people say the words like healthy eating, they probably are implying something that you and I maybe, <laughs> maybe directing them towards. Mm-hmm. But, you know, what are some first steps for her to making peace with food in her body? Yeah, I actually highlighted highlighted that. I always highlight those words. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Like, oh, I want more information. So if we were kind of sitting across from each other in a room, I mean, I definitely would have said, tell me more about like, what do you, what do you envision? And when you think of healthy eating, um, healthy movement, what does that mean to you right now? Uh, And of course, the, the next thing I usually think of is starting to talk about, I love Ellen Satter's, you know, quote, definition of normal eating. I think that brings up some things uh, when you go through it, uh, it helps people sort of see it's not necessarily like the only way to describe quote, uh, normal or healthy eating, but yeah. I think it helps people sort of go, okay, this is kind of where I'm at with this definition. Um, and this is a really flexible way of looking at, you know, how to nourish our bodies. Um, do you have the, kind of where are the gaps? Do you have the definition handy? Mm. I can get it really quick. Want me to pull it up? I do yeah. have it. Yeah. Because yeah. um, that'd be good. I think um, her definition is um, for normal eating is one of the things I do with almost every single person that I speak with about their relationship with food. And you and I are both like trying to get it really fast. I can, <laughs> I can hear you typing. I know. <laughs> but I think it is important because, and I think that's why, Lindsay, you and I reacted in surprise with the word fraudulent because- we're like, wait, she's, she's like such a great mommy. Like, and, um, even the definition of normal eating has so much more flexibility and, um, is more about living than these exactness. And so when she was using words like healthy eating and sabotage, I, I too would be like, I really wonder what she's talking about there or like what she's wanting to know more about because healthy eating isn't quite so exact. And, really healthy eating is being able to connect to life than eating enough kale, you know? (laughs) So Right. Right. And to recognize that she was raised in an environment where she was always told or consistently told she was inadequate. And Mm -hmm. so for her to kind of translate what she's experiencing in motherhood with her, you know, with dealing with her own body dissatisfaction, which goes much, much deeper than that. And 
you know, worrying about her children feeling that pain, you know, it's also very understandable that she would then translate all this to, this means I'm a bad mom, Mm -hmm. you know, but it doesn't, it actually has nothing to do with how her, you know, her parenting, this goes way back through her upbringing. These, this is complex. This is not about food in her. I mean, it is about food in her body. It is not about food in her body. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, these men in her life chose to hurt her through comments and actions uh, in that regarded her body. Um, but that's also not necessarily what that it wasn't what that was about either. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. And, yeah. And, you know, to process that further, I think obviously, like I said in the beginning, you know, one of the first steps for anyone going through something similar with this type of upbringing bringing is to, you know, reach out for support from a therapist who has training in both eating and trauma and health at every size to give support from that perspective and then to start working through the food stuff as she works through these other things with a health at every size dietitian. Um, because as you start to talk about these things, you know, the secretive eating and the emotional eating, you know, that could get worse. Um, and so to be able to work with those simultaneously, uh, and oftentimes, you know, like you and I do, we often weave in that feeding component too, because it's so relevant to the conversation clearly, because again, she's kind of deducing this down to like, I'm a fraudulent mom. Hmm. Yeah. And I think raising children, I don't know for you, Lindsay, but it, it, it brings up a lot of our own kind of stumbling points or the tough spots in our life that we really haven't examined enough and need to do more work. And so I don't know about you, but I know for myself, you know, going to therapy the first time was a hard choice to make. It feels like uncomfortable and um, it's a really brave choice. You know, I think for this letter writer to do that work, she would, um, it would, it would be really important and hard, but it would also like, it would give her the tools to do what she's wanting, you know, especially with raising her children, it would give her access to healing. So then she can provide, um, even more, you know, for future generations. And, um, I can't underscore how hard that is, but also how important and good work that is. Absolutely. Yeah. It's amazing what um, transitioning to parenthood brings up. And I can completely, completely relate to that. First time <laughs> I, I sought therapy was after becoming a mom too. Um, could have sought it earlier, surely, but that surely. was when I finally made that brave choice as well. And, um, and yeah, it's, it's um, really helpful, uh, not only for nurturing yourself, but that also, of course, helps you um, like you said, kind of do the things you want to be doing as a parent as well, mm-hmm. whatever that is. So Yeah. And, you know, I think when our children are like learning to eat or they're transitioning to different times in their life, it's the food stuff can come up. And I wonder for this letter writer, anyone listening who can relate to what she's experiencing, um, those, those like things that come up with food, the stress or the discomfort, Um, or just feeling like a fraud, you know, those kind of experiences, I have a feeling are more of a signal, you know, more of a message from their body that, hey, there's something here (laughs) that we need to really examine a little bit and look into. And there's some pain points, you know, and, and it's not that it's the food's fault. So if we like turn to food, like, oh, I just need to fix my food. It's really keeping us from information and from data that we can use to heal, you know, to get to like, 
more of the core of what's going on. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And having, you know, it sounds like uh, she, she didn't comment on if there was any food insecurity, but I would say food uncertainty, which can be a form of food insecurity, you know, for her to be having the, the secretive eating and the shame and the, you know, hiding and, um, you know, all of that's really a protective, understandable reaction, again, to growing up in that environment. So like you're saying, you know, to, and this can, can require support, um, if there's just so much shame, it's hard to do, but to bring in that self-compassion, to look at it as a neutral observer, to practice that, to um, look at what these behaviors tell her about her needs um, and her effective coping skills as she grew up in this uncertain environment as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. So um, I found the definition of normal eating. Did you find it? I did too. Yeah. Do you want to read, read it? it? Yeah, you can. Why don't you read it for us? Okay. Normal eating is going to the table hungry and eating until you are satisfied. It is being able to choose food you like and eat it and truly get enough of it, not just stop eating because you think you should. Normal eating is being able to give some thought to your food selection so that you get nutritious food, but not being so weary and restrictive that you miss out on enjoyable food. Normal eating is giving yourself permission to eat sometimes because you're happy, sad, or bored, or just because it feels good. Normal eating is mostly three meals a day, or four or five, or it can be choosing to munch along the way. It is leaving some cookies on the plate because you know you can have some again tomorrow, or it is eating more now because they taste so wonderful. Normal eating is overeating at times, feeling stuffed and uncomfortable, and it can be undereating at times and wishing you had more. Normal eating is trusting your body to make up for your mistakes in eating. Normal eating takes up some of your time and attention, but keeps its place as only one important area of your life. In short, normal eating is flexible. It varies in response to your hunger, your schedule, your proximity to food, and your feelings. Thank you, Ellen Satter. (laughs) Mm -hmm. For so much. (laughs) Yeah, for so much, right? Well, I'll put um, a link to this definition of normal eating from Ellen Satter in the show notes, too. One of my favorite parts of the definition that I feel like is really hard to communicate, and I feel like for so many people I talk to to really, I guess, buy into, is that normal eating is trusting your body to make up for your mistakes in eating. You know, mistakes are normal. Sometimes we eat more than our body wants in that moment. Sometimes we eat less, and sometimes we don't get exactly what we want, you know, and we have to just do the best we can. I feel like it's such a great metaphor for life in general. And um, we can trust that our body will, you know, it will be okay, you know, that in the end, it is just food. Yep. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And nowhere in that definition definition is it, you need to eat X amount of fruits and, fruits and vegetables a day. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's not in there. Yeah. Well, because when you trust your body to take care of yourself, you know, with the choices that you have, it'll do the best it can. And, and that's, that's really fabulous. So a part of our show, Lindsay, is the Food Peace Syllabus. And if you're new to the podcast, the Food Peace Syllabus is a collection of resources that we have gathered that further help body positivity and peace with food. You can get the list on my website, juliedillonrd.com. And Lindsay, do you want to add anything to it? So I'm sure this is already in there, but since we're talking about the normal eating definition of Ellen Satter, definitely secrets to feeding a healthy family. I recommend that to all 
of the parents that I work with, especially parents who didn't really get the feeding environment that they that they wish they had or maybe deserved, um, to really start to think about uh, that and and kind of receive that information for in a healthy way, quote mm-hmm. quote healthy way. I love um, I love that book. Feed. I love, love, love that book, especially that first chapter for this letter writer, because it does. It goes through like, okay, so you didn't have the most um, (laughs) enjoyable relationship with food growing up. Let's let's work on that. You know, I love that part. Yeah. Yeah. And then I um, I have a program called The Nurtured Mama, which is both a community and a uh, online coaching program. Uh, for moms who are maybe have had an experience uh, with chronic dieting growing up um, and would like to get some, do some work with healing that is launching uh, soon. Actually, by the time you release this, this will be, it will be launched. It's called Eat, Be, Nurture. And I'm also launching a podcast in about, expect it at the latest by end of August of 2017, uh, but it might launch a little bit sooner than that. Fabulous. It's called the Nurtured Mama Podcast. Cool. Oh, those are things that um, I know many people listening are trying to connect with more resources as they transition to motherhood or as they're parenting and it's bringing up things to their past, you know, and, and, and also wanting to find ways to feed themselves, take care of themselves and raise their family without a diet focus. Um, there's very few resources <laughs> that I can really yeah. point them to, to besides there's a few books, but then I'm like, well, what else can we do? You know? And so I'm so glad that you're offering this, this other option for support and connection and healing. I think that's so wonderful. So thank you for providing that. And we'll put all of those in the show notes. So we'll have links to everything. And then once your podcast launches, we'll make sure we put that in there as well. And um, I really appreciate all of your insight. It was so great talking to you again. Thank you for supporting the Love Food Podcast. We really love that you have done that. And if someone wants to find out more about you, where's the best place for them to find out stuff about you, Lindsay? Sure. They can find me at nutritioninstincts.com. That's my brick and mortar San Diego-based business. And then they can also find me at thenurturedmama.club. Awesome. I will put those in there. And thank you again. I appreciate your time and your compassion, your expertise. And um you know, just it was great to connect. Thank you so much, Julie. I appreciate you inviting me on again. Take care. All right. There you have it, Mama. You know, I always really appreciate Lindsay's insight as it comes to helping moms to navigate their own body wisdom and also teaching their families to have a healthy relationship with food. She's always so insightful. So I really appreciate her words. And I let a writer, I hope you did too. I hope it gave you some first steps as you walk this journey towards food peace. And, you know, thank you for asking me to join you on these steps on your journey. I really um, feel privileged to do so. Before I sign off, I want to say one more word about this episode's sponsor, my very special PCOS summer series that aims to help you to arm yourself with up-to-date research and advocate for better care. It's also a place that I want to provide some more support as you make these next challenging steps. If you want to get hooked up into the blog posts and also join our Facebook group, just go to my website, juliedillonrd.com slash PCOS series. I cannot wait to chat with you there. All right, let's hear what food has to say. I see he's written back. 
And until then, letter writer, please keep us posted. I'm dying to know how things are going. I hope things are easier. And are you someone with a complicated relationship with food and you have yet to write your letter? I want to help. Send your dear food letters to lovefoodpodcast at gmail.com. All right, take care. Dear Fraudulent Mommy, you're such a great mother, consistently providing love, security, and support to your family. Even more, we appreciate you did not get this. We wonder if this is why you call yourself a fraud. You've been through more than most, and we know that has strained our relationship. Instead of thinking you have to be perfect, remember the key to normal eating, trust, flexibility, and compassion. Every time you give these to your family, we hope you're giving some to yourself. This is not selfish, and this does not make you a fraud. Consider adding support to your day-to-day. We think this will help you see what we already know. You're a beautiful human, making this world better just by being in it. Love, food. Thank you for listening. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, and this is a Love Food Podcast. Do you want access to more food peace? Jump on over to my website and join my email list. There, I share exclusive content that I don't share anywhere else. Get access to these tips and strategies by going to juliedillonrd.com forward slash sign up. And I look forward to seeing you here next week for another episode of the Love Food Podcast. Take care. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.